0: will love that! Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome, everyone, to episode 426 of Furgo and the Freak. I'm your host, the glorious league freak, and today I want to talk about an incident you might have heard about that occurred in the Penrith Panthers game against the Canberra Raiders down there at Bruce Stadium or Canberra Stadium or whatever they call it these days. Um, There'd been a little bit of talk leading up to this match that the Canberra Raiders were ready to ambush the Penrith Panthers. There's been a lot of animosity towards the Panthers from the Canberra Raiders, and it all stems from a match that happened a couple of years ago at Penrith Football Stadium where the Panthers were just starting to really get on a roll as one of the top sides in the competition. And I think it's fair to say that it was happening at the same time that the Canberra Raiders were just falling off from being what they considered themselves as a contender. And, you know, it was a a game at Penrith Football Stadium. Penrith won a very young side. They were very excited. And the Canberra Raiders said that the, the Panthers were arrogant because they were celebrating winning the game and it made a lot of headlines and we all kind of joked about it but the Canberra Raiders kind of carried it on in a weird way and as the Panthers continued to go forward as a club and the Raiders continued to slowly slip backwards as a club um it was really this kind of one-sided rivalry where Canberra had this weird hang-up about the Panthers it was very strange um Penrith kept on beating them as well, which didn't help things, and and they would beat them pretty badly, to be honest with you. And it all culminates in this game, where the Panthers were without uh, their two halves, uh, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary coming into this game. They were going down there to Canberra Football Stadium, and the Raiders felt pretty confident. They'd been on a bit of a roll. They'd had some good success over the last probably second half of the season so far and you've heard me on this podcast I've praised the way that they turned things around from earlier on in the season where I just thought that they were done you know I I thought that they were a weak football side that just had no spine so we come into this game and the Canberra Raiders start on fire in the first 10 minutes or so they get an early try through Josh Papali'i straight down the middle under the sticks, and you could see the Raiders were on the sideline, and they're like everyone's there. The injured players are there. The coaches on the sideline. They're all standing up. They're all cheering. It was like a grand final. It was really weird. And as a Panthers fan, I'm watching this all happening, and I'm like, man, this is not going to be a fun day. But the Panthers are a, they're a bloody good football team. Put it that way. I continue to be shocked at how good they are. And I continue to be um, surprised that when you kind of expect them to maybe take a step back and they've got all of the excuses to not be all that good, they are really, really good. And in this game, their defense after that first 10 minutes was outstanding. They gave nothing to Canberra. They ended up running away 26 points to 6 winners. Um, There were a couple of sin binnings in the game. And there was one penalty in particular that I thought was a harsh penalty, shouldn't have been given. That when you saw it, you sort of didn't think much of it going forward in the game. But that caused a lot of ramifications for the entire sport, I think, going forward from this point on. Now, in this match, I would say it didn't seem like by the end of the match there was bad blood between the Panthers and the Raiders. It felt like this was a game where the Raiders felt very confident and they kind of... I don't know. It, I, like, I felt like the Panthers have broken the Raiders in the past, but that the Raiders still felt like they were a better team than the Panthers. At the end of this one, you kind of got the feeling that the Raiders, players on the field at least kind of knew that you know what we have a long way to go to be able to match these guys. And there wasn't any bad blood and I remember looking at um both teams at full time because I was watching their interactions, not knowing what was about to happen. And they you know, they were talking with one another, they were mingling with one another. Everything seemed pretty cool and I was like I think that maybe this is the end of that thing that Canberra was carrying around with them, and it's probably a good thing because the Raiders do need to make some steps forward to be a top side again. And then we get to press conferences, and Ricky Stewart blows up about an incident that involved Panthers player Jamin Salmon. Now, Jamin Salmon, partway through the game, was hit in a really good tackle, a really good chest on chest tackle. And he was basically driven back and put on his back. Now as that was happening, his legs flicked up in the air. And he caught uh Tom Starling between the legs while his legs were flicking up in the air. It's just something that happens in footy. You know, you've got a lot of people running into one another, and sometimes you get someone that's in the wrong place at the wrong time and you cop one in the wheels. It just happens. And you could immediately see Starling he dropped to his knees because it hurt. And then, as he was on his knees, Salmon's on his back and he's got a Camber Raider on his chest still, right? So he can't see down below his legs. He can't see what's happening near his legs. And Salmon starts kicking and starting to get some momentum to get up in the tackle because he's on his back. He's lost the collision. And as he's kicking his legs he kicks Starling in the head with a glancing blow it wasn't a full-on kick to the face or anything but it was just like you know he's one of his legs passed by the side of Starling's head and you could see Starling where he was on his hands and knees he feels like the entire world has ended because he's copped the kick in the nuts and then he gets a bit of a bump in the head as well, and it's just like, oh, this is getting from bad to worse. It's just one of those things that happens in footy. None of it was on purpose. Star- like, Starling was down near his feet. Salmon was on his back. He he couldn't say anything except a Canberra Raider jersey that was on top of him. It was just a footy incident, and you saw it happen, and, you know, Salmon got up to play the ball, and Starling's still on the ground, and the referee blew up, and you sort of thought, oh, they're going to you know, allow this to, they're going to see what happened because the referee mustn't have seen what happened. And then they said it was a penalty. And I was like, what was it a penalty for? You know, he, he, because this guy got accidentally hit in the balls. It's just a weird penalty, but you kind of thought nothing of it. You're like, you know what? It's one of those things that happens in footy. The referee feels like it's a penalty. It sucks, but what are you going to do? You know, they'll look at it at the match review committee and they're going to see what happened. Don't worry about it again. Anyway. We get to the press conference, and Ricky Stewart, uh, he's obviously not happy by what he's seen on the field. His team has been completely dominated by a weakened Panthers side at home. They really had to win this game to be in with a real shot at making the finals. They can still make it, I think, mathematically, but they'd need everything to go their way at this point. And so Ricky Stewart had this to say about the game quote The jam- and let me let me say before this uh James Fisher Harris was sent to the sin bin for a swinging arm and Joseph Tapenny, he uh he ended up having an injury and he left the field it was a rib injury you know And uh, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but man, he was in so much pain. And just the fact he stayed on for, I think, a set of six in defense. The fact that he stayed on for a set of six was tough. Because when he left the field, when he finally got off the field, he dropped to his knees and was in agony. So he he could be out for a while with that rib injury. Anyways, this is the quote from Ricky Stewart that happened in the press conference that no one was expecting. Quote, the James Fisher-Harris and Joe Tapani tackles are accidents, and in this collision game, I understand that. But when Salmon kicked Tommy Starling, it ain't on. I have had a history with that kid, meaning Salmon. I know that kid very well. He was a weak-gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He is a weak-gutted dog person now. End quote. It was extraordinary. Um, Ricky Stewart is one of the greatest halfbacks of all time. He's been a coach at NRL level for over two decades now. And to see him sig- uh, single out a player, a young player in the Panthers team. Salmon's only 23, just turned 23. To si- single him out and to cast aspersions on him as a person. And saying that he has a long history and calling him a, a you know, what did you call him? A weak gutted dog. It was uh it was amazing. I was shocked. Like it, t- it takes a bit to shock me. So immediately everyone was like, Well, what happened? You know, what what's been going on in the past? Now it's been reported that and this is incredible, that this I can't believe that this is what it's about. It's been reported in the media in Australia that as a junior player, as an 11-year-old, Salmon was in an incident in the junior ranks at the Cronulla Sharks with Ricky Stewart's son, who I believe was 12 at the time. And something happened between the two players that really upset Ricky Stewart. Ricky Stewart had something to say to Jamin Salmon's dad and they got into a bit of an argument. And that's what all of this is about. Something that happened in junior football. Something that happened when Jamin Salmon was a a boy, a little boy. It's crazy to think that Ricky Stewart would carry that within himself for so long and that he would use a public forum like a press conference after a terrible loss at home to air his grievances about a young player within the game who was a fringe first-grade fringe first grade player for the Penrith Panthers. Um, especially over an incident that was so, like, incidental. You know, if he'd kicked out, if he'd really kicked it, it's starling if you looked at it and you said oh yeah he was kicking at starling like on purpose i could understand where you'd think you know what he's really fucking angry and he he just has lost his composure because of his anger but for it to be an incidental incident and for stewart to still have this within him is a little bit shocking and Ricky Stewart, after losses, we've seen that he doesn't handle them well at all. He uh, he lashes out. He lashes out at officials. He lashes out at opposition teams. He lashes out at opposition coaches. He lashes out at the game's rules. He lashes out at the game's administrators. Like, it doesn't matter. He will find someone to target. Now, Jamin Salmon's family released a statement today and I want to read it out because it's such a strange situation and I think it's important to hear from them Um, I have to say if I was Jamin Salmon and I was told about what Ricky Stewart had said in the press conference while I was at the stadium I would have gone straight into the Raiders locker room but he didn't and it's probably a good thing he didn't Anyway, this is what the Salmon family said in a press release they put out earlier today. Quote, We were disappointed by the comments of Canberra Raiders coach Ricky Stewart after what was a fantastic game of football for the Panthers and our son, Jamin. We were surprised by Ricky's claim that he knows Jamin personally as they have had no contact since Jay was 12 years old. We are calling on the NRL to take action as we believe Jamin has been wronged in this situation. We will follow the correct procedures and let the NRL complete a thorough investigation, the Salmon family, end quote. I've been a little bit all over the place with how I think this should be handled. The Panthers have obviously thrown their support behind Salmon, but they've been pretty quiet otherwise. Panthers players have thrown their support behind him. I have yet to hear anybody within the game support Ricky Stewart. And Stewart put out a a statement of apology. I I can't even be bothered reading it. Who cares what it says? Um, I I tend to personally, I don't accept apologies from people. I think apologies are bullshit. And then normally to make that person feel better about what they've done. So I didn't even bother reading what Ricky Stewart had to say. The fact that he's bringing up something that happened when, you know, th- this young man was a little boy is fucking ridiculous, quite frankly. And I don't care what his excuse is. It's it's outrageous that he do something like that, especially in a public forum like he has. Um, I've gone from there should be no punishment and that Stuart should just have to cop the embarrassment about how he has handled himself after his team lost. But I think as time went on, and, and I've listened to some of the things that have been said by former players and and uh, former coaches and players within the game today, I think that that's changed. Um, there was something that Cooper Cronk said that really stuck with me. and He talked about, and this was immediately after the press conference, Cooper Cronk said, that it was out of line what Ricky Stewart did. And he talked about Ricky Stewart's standing in the game and his power within the game and how he used his place within the game to attack Jamin Salmon and do it so personally. Um, and that really changed my point of view about what I think should happen in this situation. If I was running the NRL... I would fine Ricky Stewart $50,000 and suspend him for the rest of the year. And I know that that's extremely harsh. But the reason that I would do that is for two reasons. Number one, I think there needs to be a line in the sand drawn on that type of personal attack where an official or a coach personally attacks a player Over something that happened in junior football. I just think that that's. That's extraordinary. You know. On top of that. I think that with Ricky Stewart's. uh, Behavior in the past. After losses. He's incurred many many fines. Over his coaching career. Having lashed out. After losses in press conferences. I take that into account. As well. Um. I I was surprised that people within the game took this all so seriously. And it was a pleasant surprise as well. Uh, there's, it's good when you see rugby league protect a young bloke within the game who really deserves to be protected. I mean, like, for this to have happened from something that, was ten years ago when James Salmon was a kid. I just, I still can't wrap my head around it. You would hope that, you know, and Ricky Stewart's not a young man. Ricky Stewart is a, an old bloke now. You would think that he would have had the maturity to let things like that go and understand that, you know, kids playing footy, it's about them having fun and and sometimes they'll get into uh, fights and you know, they won't like one another and things like that, but they grow up, they change, they become adults, they become different people from when they were kids, that even like a week later they might think, oh man, that was silly what I was doing, and and not want to carry it on themselves, and yet here's Ricky Stewart carrying on with it, you know, 12 years later, and, and doing it in a very public forum, and one that put a big spotlight on Jamin Salmon and his entire family. Because everyone was like, what's this guy done? What has he possibly done to make Ricky Stewart this angry? It was very, very strange. So that's why I would fine Ricky Stewart $50,000. That's a, a carryover from all of his outrageous comments that he's made after losses. And I'd suspend him for the rest of the year. And it would be a sign that we just can't tolerate this sort of thing after losses out of coaches uh we can't tolerate it from i think administrators towards younger players within the game or older players within the game i just think that um if we want to foster an environment in rugby league that we want everyone to kind of enjoy their experience and and be happy and we can't be worrying that you know if you you beat the wrong team by the wrong scoreline that you might get the opposition coach come out and just say some really nasty, horrible, terrible accusations, open-ended accusations about you. But we can't have that. It can't be allowed. I think Ricky Stewart knows that there's a hammer that's about to come down on him from the NRL. I, I haven't seen anything in the media about any sort of you know repercussions or what they're going to be. I think he's definitely going to be fined. I'd be a little bit surprised if he's suspended, but I don't know what you think, but I th- I think that 50 grand and being suspended for the rest of the year from coaching the Canberra Raiders is fine. And I think it would make Stewart have a really good think about his behavior after losses. Um, I think Ricky Stewart has changed the way that he has looked at the game from when he started coaching to now. But obviously... That level of maturity isn't where it needs to be and he needs some time to sort of sit down and think about think about why he said what he said and um you know how he's going to carry himself after all this because you've heard me say it on this podcast part of being a sports fan or playing a sport at any level you got to learn how to win but you got to also learn how to lose and you know we talk about sore losers in the game with in in sport in general, no one likes a sore loser and to lose with dignity is not a bad thing. I know that there's this thing of like oh you never accept loss everyone loses. Everyone that's played sport loses at some point and if you can't if you can't behave during a loss and carry yourself with um, with your head held high about your performance, you need to kind of have a good look in the mirror. Uh, I've also talked before, and so has Andrew, about the place of a coach at a club and how they are kind of the ultimate boss of the club. I understand they've got the CEO on the board above them, but really, if the CEO on the board decides that somebody is the right person to be coaching a club, then they're saying, look, you are the right person to be the boss of everything. And the coach can then go to the board and the CEO and say, hey, I need this, this, this to do the job. And the board and the CEO should be saying, we will do everything to get what you need, coach. That's the point where a coach should be at a club. And Ricky Stewart is without question at that point at the Canberra Raiders. He's just had his contract extended. Um, he took them to one grand final. They lost to the Roosters. And he's been there for so long. And look, I I applauded them giving him a contract extension I think that there's not many people out there that you would look at and say well they're far they're a far better coaching choice than Ricky Stewart I think tactically Ricky Stewart is a really good coach I really do it's the other stuff that he struggles with the thing about a coach is that they set in place a lot of the standards that a football club has and it can be standards on the field and off the field So if you look at a place like the the Melbourne Storm and the way that Craig Bellamy runs the Melbourne Storm as the head coach, there are certain things you expect when you join the Melbourne Storm. There are certain standards you are required to meet. And if you don't meet them standards, you can leave. Them standards are not changing for you. Uh, That's why the Melbourne Storm are so good, because they set those standards for themselves and that comes from Craig Bellamy. Other clubs have had that over time. They are they're different sorts of standards. Uh, with even top coaches, you know, somebody like Wayne Bennett is, he, you know, his standards that he sets for players are a little bit different, but they're just as effective. You know, he's just as successful. You look at the standards that a team like the Panthers have; they're different. Once again, it's it's almost an environment of well. We have all of these players that are trying to break into first grade. So you've got to befor- perform or you're out, man. And then on top of that, it's like we're here at the Panthers, it's defense and fitness. And keep up or you'll just lose your place. So that's a different sort of standard that a, a top club has set. Um, you see the standards that top, Todd Payton has put in at the North Queensland Cowboys since he got there. And you can see he's changed the club. You know, your coach sets the standard. They they set the environment. They set your culture. And you've got to wonder about the culture and the standard that Ricky Stewart sets for his team because we've seen the Raiders and the players at the Raiders really not cope well with losses. We've seen a little bit of drama out of that club as well even going into the grand final. I don't know if you remember the the drama going into the grand final where they had one of their players who had really only just joined the club started agitating for a new contract in grand final week. Absolutely unbelievable. Those sorts of things um, are maybe a symptom of Ricky Stewart and how emotional he gets. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be emotional after losses, but... You've got to channel that in the right way. You know, you, you can't let yourself lose control over a loss. You've got to be able to think about why you lost. Where did you lose the game? How did you lose the game? How can you improve next time? What is it that that team was doing better than you? Like, it's just all really basic stuff. I'm, I'm not coming up with some amazing, you know, new plan about how to run a club. This is what people do when they lose in sport. You know, how do I improve? When you throw your, you know, the toys out of the pram like Stuart tends to do, what does that do as a signal for all of his players and everyone at the club? It's just not good, and I, I think that, you know, this is maybe just a, the ultimate symptom of all of that. It's a it's a crazy situation. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, Andrew was going to come on, unfortunately, he had. Uh, some plans at the last minute he was really upset because he wanted to talk about this as well but I knew I had to put a podcast out about this because I know that people wanted to hear about it wanted to hear at least one of our points of view about this whole situation and I know I've talked a long time about it but I just find it such a crazy situation I I can't remember too much like it before I know we've heard about coaches talking about they would like to see You know, referees hit by cement trucks and things like that, and that's not right. Um, You know, that's just as ridiculous and over the top and stupid. And I dare say, if that was said today in a press conference, uh, there would be there would be a gigantic fine. Like that, I think fifty thousand wouldn't cover the fine that a a a club and a coach would get for saying something like that these days. Um, Then I think of. And Paul, uh, sorry, uh, I was going to say Paul block <laughs> Blocker Roach, I meant to say. When Steve Roach uh, tapped the referee on the head, uh, he regrets doing that. I think if that happened these days, it would be a huge, huge suspension and probably a fine to that player. They're the only things I can think of that sort of go into this sort of category, this weird category of like, what the hell just happened? This was really a disrespectful moment. Did it bring the game into disrepute? I don't think so. But I think it it brought Ricky Stewart into disrepute. And I think that this will be something that, unfortunately, Jamin Salmon will have hanging around him through no fault of his own. And I think it's something that Ricky Stewart will also have to carry for the rest of his career. And, you know, he has no one else to blame for that but himself. Anyway, that's what I think about the whole situation. Um, What a, a weird, weird situation. It was a pretty solid win by the Panthers. Uh, One of those wins where it felt like it was the uh, the infrastructure of a very good club really just kicked into place. And the Raiders just, they're just two different levels of teams in terms of, I think, talent at the moment and infrastructure. And, you know, I I just think that there are some players in the Raiders team that find it difficult to step up when it matters. And there are players in the Panthers club who continue to step up when it matters. And I think that that was the difference in this match, you know uh you hope that the raiders will learn from it but all of this other crap has kind of overshadowed that unfortunately so oh man there's never a dull moment in rugby league is there anyway thank you for listening it's only a quick episode this one i hope you enjoyed it um feel free to have a comment about this on either our facebook page which is Virgo freak pod if you look that up on facebook um or have a comment on the Twitter feed, which is also Furgo Freak Pod. Instagram, Furgo Freak Pod, funnily enough. Um, or you can comment on anything that you can just comment directly to myself or Andrew on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter feed is at League Freak, no space, and Andrew's at, at Andrew RLP. Also, check out leaguefreak.com. That is my website. Check out rugbyleageproject.org. That is Andrew's website. Uh, Tell your friends about the podcast. Make sure you retweet everything, share everything. Your support is really important to us. We get incredible numbers. We're one of the biggest rugby league podcasts in the world. And that is because of you and your support. We don't take it for granted. We really appreciate it. We love when we get feedback and that you feel like it is a conversation we're having with you because that's what we're doing. That's what we always wanted this podcast to be was uh, me and Andrew having conversations with you lot. I know they're one-sided conversations, but you get a chance to talk to us on social media so you can give your feedback and you know, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think of our opinions. Anyway, that's my opinion on the Rick Stewart situation. We will see what happens. Um, I, my, your guess is as good as mine. I tend to think he's going to get a big fine and no suspension, but I would give $50,000 fine suspended for the rest of the year. Harsh or not, you tell me on social media. Thank you for listening and we will see you soon. You punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.